0: Lady, didn't, you didn't tell me you could sing. <laughs> <laughs> that was just so beautiful, wasn't it? Fantastic. Don't you just love the gifts that are in the house? It just ministers to us. And it's incredible. Fantastic. Wonderful. Ties and offering baskets are going around. Wonderful. Fantastic. So how is everyone tonight? We've had a, an amazing day. We've been—I've been in the church pretty much all day. Um, I was uh, ministering in the uh, Chinese service this afternoon, um, learning more Chinese. So far, I know. No, I actually don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing experience, but God is doing such amazing work. Uh, in the uh, in the Chinese service, and God, they are just beautiful, beautiful people. So, and Stephen and Mary have done an incredible work in uh, in working with them and ministering to them. So, okay, so we're continuing our a, a series, our a Christmas series, the journey, and and I really want to um, I really want to um, go through tonight um, the story of what happened with the shepherds while they were washing their socks. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so (laughs) we go to Luke's gospel chapter 2 and we'll read from verse 8. Now they were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, amazing story um, for these shepherds who... Would have been sitting out there, um, night after night, taking care of their sheep, and it's an amazing thing actually when you see uh, you go to countries where shepherds stay with their sheep. Um, for us, um, we have fields with barbed wire. It generally, keeps most of the sheep in. Actually, where we live, um, the, the, fen- the, um, the sheep have work- worked out how to get through barbed wire. And uh, they generally find them all over the place. And every so often we find sheep in our garden, and, uh, which is great delight for the dog. She gets to chase them. And, um, and I'm normally saying, God, just bring one home, bring one home. <laughs> and uh, after all, find his keepers. And, uh, so <laughs> but here are these shepherds and they're out on the field and suddenly an angel appears, which I guess would be enough for most people to lose their lunch and uh, digest it rather quickly. And it is that amazing event when God turns up and He starts to reveal that a baby is to be born and He is the Christ. Now, we all know Jesus and in fact Jesus' name, Jesus Christ, is so well known it's become even uh, a curse. It's become a word um, to use flippantly and people use it. I remember being in a quiz as a kid and the question was what was Jesus' surname? And uh, some smart kid put his hand up thinking he's being clever because it's a trick question. Jesus, well his surname's is Christ. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, we're going to lose. And uh, because uh, people just think his name is Jesus Christ. But Jesus, it, Christ is not his name, i.e. his surname, uh, if he had a surname, it was son of Joseph, who was son of Jacob, who was actually, eventually, son of David. And so uh, Jesus is a son of David. So if he had a surname, it could have either been Joseph or possibly David. But he didn't have a surname. He is Jesus Christ. And Christ is a description, a definition of who he is as Lord and Saviour. It says he is Jesus and he is Christ. And the the name Christ would have had a massive impact on these poor um, and these, uh, these people who would have existed in an oppressed society and they would have been the bottom of the food chain in terms of um, their ability to um, uh, have wealth, uh, to have influence to to build their lives, to have any kind of existence. Um, These shepherds uh, were the poorest of the poor and they just lived out with their sheep and they would have been out there. We don't know whether they were even just hirelings there working for some other farmer. But here they are with their sheep and they hear the name that there is a Christ. The Christ has come. And suddenly the whole world changes from oppression, from poverty, into purpose, and into hope. Because Christ meant something to them. For us, it's a name that you have put on the end of Jesus. And it doesn't mean anything. But for them, the name Christ meant something. Because it meant an anointing. The word Christ means the anointed one. And it's not just an anointing. It means that there is a qualification a, a, um, a there he is qualified to do a work to do a, fulfill a role you know um, I was saying to Cheryl as we were driving in that um, when we get uh, tomorrow I'd keep saying tomorrow you know have those you have certain jobs that you're going to do tomorrow and uh, one of those jobs I plan on doing tomorrow I was going to phone the garage uh, because my land Rover has a noise and it's one of those noises that's kind of it's like can you hear it? Oh, I'm not sure I can hear it. I can hear it. And I so I know that my Land Rover has a noise. It's kind of a it's kind of like a Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's a mechanical noise. If I put it in neutral, it's still there. It's not it's like it sounds like a something rubbing. So you can tell that my mechanical qualification isn't particularly great. You can tell that even by my ability to describe the problem, if I were to have a look at it, we would be in a lot of trouble, right? I'm not qualified, but I know a mechanic just down the road who I can phone him up, i got his mobile, I know him by first name, and I'll say, Stuart, could you take my Land Rover out for a spin and tell me what you think? And he'll probably come back and say, yeah, nothing wrong with it, but can I tell you what I think? It's filthy. Get it cleaned. And, <laughs> which it is too, but it's a Land Rover. It's supposed to be. It comes with the purchase price. And But Jesus was born as a baby in complete human form. He is fully God and He is fully man and He is the Christ. Now, we have to understand this because a lot of people... they read what Jesus did and go, yeah, well, he was God. So that's all right then. But Jesus came as a man and he is here as a baby. And when he was a baby, his eternal knowledge is constrained and he has the mind of a baby. When he was Jesus Christ, the baby, he just thought baby thoughts, whatever babies think. I don't know what they think. I know that as a child, I can't remember who I was talking to, I know, I was talking to James and Laura about being young. And I remember certain sort of, I remember being young enough to know that my thoughts at that time were kind of weird. Your world perception, your your actual world perception, that's a bit of exaggeration, your home perception. <laughs> um is is quite different to that of a child who's maybe maybe got up to six or seven I, I think i was saying to james that we were talking about the fact that i'm not a great sleeper i would sleep for a bit and then i wake up and i get bored so i go downstairs and i make a cup of tea and then i think Phew, i have to go back to bed i suppose and i go back and i might sleep for a bit or not and then get up again and uh, so I was saying, James was asking whether this had been a problem for a long time, and uh, I was saying, actually, my parents used to find me, age probably three or four, sitting at the top of the stairs. Now we had this, we had this old house, and it, we had a staircase that it sort of went down, that turned a corner, then went back, and it was always very dark and creepy. And it was an, it was an old house, and it, it made noises. You know how old houses do that, freak you out, and. I would sit at the top of the stairs and I would crunch right down like this, and I would rock over the stairs <laughs> and I still remember doing it. I felt it was comforting i don 't know whether I was facing my fear or what it was, but it's weird, but like that 's what's going on in my head because i was I was a kid right i don 't even know why i 'm telling you this story. Jesus was just a normal kid, maybe i wasn't normal, but Jesus was. He was just a normal kid. He had he had a normal brain. He quite probably had a far more intelligent brain. We don't know. But he's normal. Right? When he got hungry, he cried. What's that noise? All right. That's not a normal kid. That, uh, I want to tell you, that is not normal. That, that's one tank of a child. That's like and, uh, and Jesus was normal when he ate it went in one end and the, the rest of it came out the other Whoa, no. yeah Whoa, no. he was fully functioning baby when, it, when he he got you know red cheeks when his teeth were cutting when he was five six or maybe seven he had a gap right here where two teeth used to be and the other ones haven't come through. And he would have run around with a big grin on his face and gappy teeth going, all I want for Christmas is two front teeth. (laughs) That was Jesus. He was a normal kid. But he had an anointing. He was the anointed one. In other words, he was born with a qualification. And a qualification is the ability to fulfill a role and a function that other people who are not qualified to do cannot. And he was qualified to do something that there wasn't anybody else qualified to do. Because he was the Christ, the anointed one. And the shepherds knew that when they were running down the hill to find this stable where a baby was lying in a manger, they knew they were running to see a baby who was qualified to deal with their oppression, to deal with the trouble of their life. They didn't understand how it would all work out. They were praying for an army to liberate them from the Romans, but they got a baby. A baby will do. (laughs) An angel told them it would be alright. It's got to be alright. And so they suddenly heard that Jesus, the Christ, they didn't know His name was going to be Jesus, they just knew He was the Christ and that He was born and He was lying in a manger. And this Christ, this revelation of this Christ would have been working in their Jewish minds as they understood in the Old Testament the main anointings that were common was for three things. The king, the priest and the prophet. Those of the ministries for which you were anointed. And as they're running down, they're hearing Christ, the anointed one. And beginning to work within their minds, I reckon, was this revelation, this understanding. We're running to see the king. It says of Jesus in, in uh, John's... Uh, where am I? In John's Gospel... In John 18:37 uh, it says of Jesus himself when he stands before Pilate in John 18:37 it says therefore Pilate said to him so you are a king Jesus answered you say correctly that I am a king for this I have been born and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth everyone who is of the truth hears my voice Jesus declared that he was a king But he wasn't the kind of king that they understood. The kings who lived within a limited realm of a limited space on a limited kingdom, who gathered to themselves, who could have been wise or could have been foolish, but they were um, fleshly all the same. But Jesus was a king who ruled over a kingdom and he came to bring people into a kingdom that liberated and set people free. You see, the shepherds would have known that they were oppressed, but suddenly they were going to get a king. Not some stupid Herod that sat there as a puppet to the Romans. No, this was going to be a king who would stand up and defend who they were. You see, a king is someone who rules over his people. A righteous king is one who says, these are my people. And he stands and he defends his kingdom. You know, one who rules over the land and declares, who is an advocate for those who are oppressed, who say, no one's oppressing my people, the king who rules. And suddenly they discovered they're going to get a king after all. Here they are being oppressed. Here they are being bound up by all these different uh, rules and regulations. They lived at a time when Caesar Augustus had declared that there was going to be a, uh, a tax, and he wanted all the people to, uh, to gather to the so they can work out um, everywhere and uh, where, who everyone was so that they could tax them. And this was a tax that went across the whole world, Roman world. Everyone was to be taxed, and so everyone had to be in their place of their hometown so that they could be counted, so that they could be taxed. And the, the shepherds has, were suddenly, they're failing. Oppressed, they're feeling bound up, but they knew they were getting at a king. And then, perhaps one of them would have gone, "Yeah, but not just a king. We're going get to a, get a we're going to get a priest. We're going to have someone who will minister on our behalf." They they knew that there was a um, a magnificent temple being built and established. The the um, king Herod built this amazing uh, temple, but God's presence wasn't there. And he set up a priestly ministry, but, but God wasn't there. And the, within the temple, there was trading going on. For um, There was all sorts of things going on that wasn't part of the ministry. So they When they would trade, when Jesus went into the temple at that time, you know the story, or maybe you don't. But there's one time when Jesus goes in and he sees people selling pigeons and trading and uh, money changers going on in, in, in the temple and, and he gets um, irritated and he gets, grabs a whip and he starts beating everyone up and, and, and uh, go on, punch him in the face. And, and, uh, and there he is and he's just, he's attacking uh, these people. Why is he doing it? Is he getting irritated? Because they're trading in the temple? No, it's because they've taken the space that was set aside for the Gentiles to find God. That's what he was irritated over. My house is a house of prayer. This is a space of prayer. You've turned it into a den of thieves, he said. And so Jesus, and they're hearing about this, this, this Christ, the anointed one, one qualified to be a high priest, one qualified to stand before God, be a minister before God, and minister before God for the people. And to and to say to the Lord, These are the people and these are their confessed sins, to stand there and stand as a as a bridge between man and God. No one was standing between man and God. They would have felt isolated alone. They would have known all the stories. They would have known about God coming down and, and speaking to David. They would have known of the great prophets like Samuel. They would have known of Elijah. Elisha, They would have known of Moses and they would have known of Joshua who hung to the side of the tent while Moses was being covered with the glory of the Lord. And they would have wondered when will we get an opportunity to have this? When will someone liberate us and stand before God and us that we might be able to find redemption? That's what's going on in their minds. They're running down and they're beginning to wonder. You know it says of of Jesus in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 it says this, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all having obtained eternal redemption. You see they came running down from the fields to worship a baby who was qualified to sacrifice himself his blood to be washed that they might be washed of all their sin once and for all never having to come back a year after year never having to come back for in in the uh, old testament they would sacrifice an innocent lamb a goat a bull, heifer. They would take animals. Their animals are innocent. Animals don't know sin. They have no sin. They have no guilt of sin. And so they would, they would have the blood shed. But the blood of a goat doesn't represent the life of a man. And it was never sufficient. And so year after year they would sacrifice and sacrifice. But here was the Christ anointed, qualified to set us free. And suddenly, this revelation, they wouldn't have understood that He was going to die on a cross. They just would have understood that He was anointed. And as anointed, He could do things they couldn't do. He could stand in the gap. Who would stand in the gap? It says in in the book of Isaiah that God cast His eye upon the earth and wondered why there was no man. No man who could stand. And so, He decided that He would raise His own Son and send His own Son to pay the ultimate price. And yet Jesus Christ, He not only became the great high priest, but He became the ultimate sacrifice at the same time. You know that when Jesus was sacrificed, it was the time when the high priest would have been, would have been sacrificing the lamb in the, in the temple. And as they're cutting out, cutting the, uh, the, the lamb, the, the, the high priest would take the blood of the, of the lamb, and he would hold out his arms and he say, he would say, it is finished. That's what he would say. Jesus is the Lamb. And he hung upon the cross as the great high priest sacrificing himself for the sins of the people. And he said this, it is finished. When Jesus Christ gave his life, he was the great high priest and he was appointed and he was anointed. He was qualified to set us free. And you know, we've got to understand that when they were running down, they began to suddenly discover, oh, we're going to get a king. Oh, we're going to get a priest. And then one, just before they got to the door of the stable, I reckon one of them just suddenly went, hang on a sec, we are going to get a prophet. For there hadn't been a prophet in the land of Israel for 400 years. There had been silence. For not even John the Baptist yet he was still a baby himself. Had, his voice had risen. And suddenly, they said, hang on, we're going to get a prophet, the anointed one, a king, a priest, a prophet. And suddenly they're looking at a baby realizing that here is a prophet. You see, a priest would minister before God on behalf of the people. But a prophet would minister before the people on behalf of God. And so when a prophet came to town, he's bringing what God is bringing in return. You see, the priest would take the hearts of the repentance of the people who would come and humble themselves and he would carry the humility and the the sacrifice of the people's um, prayers and everything that they had given up and he would carry it into the Holy of Holies before God to say these is the sins of the people. They are here to be washed away to accept them and to forgive them of their sin. That was his role, to minister on behalf of the people so that he could bring them before God, to create a connection of love and affection between God and man because sin had separated them. But it was never fully sufficient But suddenly there is a prophet and a prophet is the the opposite of the priest because he's coming from the very very throne of God. He's coming with the very voice of God. He's coming with the very intent of what God is coming to say and saying a prophet will come ministering covenant, ministering promise, ministering from the throne, ministering what God is saying and saying this is what I am going to do for you. And so the prophet, they're coming and they understood what a priest was. They understood what a king was. And now they're beginning to realize, wow, here we have a baby who is a prophet and a prophet is going to speak to us. A prophet is going to begin to declare over our lives every great and good promise that comes from the throne of grace. You see, they knew that the Holy of Holies had a great mercy seat. Even though by this point in time the uh, mercy seat had disappeared, they had no idea where it had gone. But the Holy of Holies, they knew, everyone knew, the Holy of Holies had a mercy seat. For at the center of the very presence of God, that place where only the priest could go once a year, it was just a place of grace to minister love to the people. And suddenly, here was coming a prophet from God to speak to the people and set the people free. It says here in John's Gospel, chapter 6, that the people... It's in John. This is the story of when Jesus had fed the 5,000, and the people get a revelation. And it says that when those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, they said, This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. It's the story of when Jesus reveals who he is simply by feeding, taking care of the 5,000, and suddenly the people get a revelation. It's like their eyes are opened. Truly, this is the prophet. And Jesus has to hike, hightail it out of there quick before they forcibly took Him to become a political leader upon the, upon the earth. For they, they were wanting a revolution, but Jesus was creating a revival of the heart. For they were wanting something which was political, but He was creating something which was Spiritual. And we have to understand that there here was an amazing, amazing revelation all wrapped up in the hearts of these simple shepherds who are running to see a baby in a stable in the most bizarre scenario the world has ever seen. (laughs) Because within that journey of running from the sheep pen to the cow shed, a revelation of the glory of God is beginning to open up upon their minds. We have a king. We have a priest. And we have a prophet. And Jesus Christ, He is the Christ, the anointed one. And I want you to know tonight that as we celebrate Jesus at Christmas, He is the anointed one. He is the one qualified to deal with your sickness. He is the one Qualified to speak peace into your life. He is the one qualified to receive your repentance he is the one qualified to defend you in the time of battle when the enemy comes out against you like a flood he will raise up a standard against him for he is the king who reigns over you and he will cover you and protect you for he is jesus christ he is the one qualified to minister into your every need i wonder whether we could stand up tonight